Welcome back, everyone, to 101 Questions That Church Planters Ask. I'm your host, Danny Parmley, and today we have with us Steve Treichler, who is the church planting founding pastor of Hope Community Church in downtown Minneapolis, uh, but also wears a lot of other hats, has been training church planters for 25-some years. You're the Upper Midwest Director of Acts 29 yep. uh, as well, too, and um, even has a D-min, so got an MDiv from Bethel and a D-min, so you know we, we should all call him doctor. But here's the thing, most importantly, he's really the life of the party. If you see Steve at any church planning gathering, that's where the fun is. That's probably what's most important. So Steve, thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, my pleasure, bud. All right. So today we want to answer uh, the question of, um, you know, who's out there that's going to destroy the church plant? Now, this is a whole podcast about questions that church planners ask. And honestly, most of them don't ask this question, but they should. So we're kind of asking it for them. So we'll just kind of, I'll, I'll kind of uh, kick it to you and you can kind of just, you know, speak, uh, speak to that of, you know, who are some of those people? Yeah, it's a great question. I, you know, as I look at church plants over the last 25 years that I've been involved with, I would say, uh, I don't know hardly any church planters that have, uh, lost their jobs because of bad theology or can't preach right or whatever The the reality is most of them end up crashing and burning, uh, because they can't lead their way through some very, very difficult, uh, people. And so it's a great question. And I, and I think, uh, <clears throat> when I, when I think about this, I think it goes way back to the very beginning. You know, I think everybody's just so excited to get those people on the team. I just got to get my core group or launch team or whatever you young people are calling it nowadays. You know, you, you just got to get that bad boy to, you, you got to get that thing to 25 or 40 or whatever number you want, you know, and, and you just, you just, in this enthusiasm, you just think, you know, I'm just going to get as many people as I can. And the reality is you have a one time opportunity to filter out people that could destroy your church from the beginning. And most, a lot of people don't take that advantage because they just, I just need bodies. Uh, hey, hey, listen, I started Hope Community Church in 1996 with 14 people. I mean, I know it sounds quintessential. We did sit in my living room, the whole thing, right? But I'd rather have 14 people who are bought into the mission than 50 that are kind of bought into the mission. And so <clears throat> when I think about this, I, I, think, I think there's two main categories of people that I would put. And then in the second category, I would put at least three, three types of people. So the two categories are this. First off, there's just wolves. There are people that are coming in and, and, uh, and, and they have some semblance of knowing they are there to ruin this thing. And, and I, I would say they are, they are not believers. Uh, they might pose as that, but there's a there's a certain element to them that you can tell right away that there's just something in your spirit that says something's not right here. And so the the wolves are there, and they are gonna they are trying to destroy the thing. That's their aim. Uh, and and a lot of times you can figure it out from their from their past history. You'll listen to them, and you'll hear about the churches that they were a part of. And, and one of the things that I think young church planters think is, oh, yeah, our church is going to be so awesome. People like this can really find grace and healing and love. you got to not hear that. You, what you've got to hear in that list of dead bodies of churches that they've been to is, you're next. Right. That's what you've got to hear. 
And so when those type of people are coming, you just have to just keep let them going and do not let them uh, get engaged. Now you can't stop them from coming to the actual church, but you can do uh, you can do whatever you can to keep them from being influential in the center. I'll come back to what do we do with all these kind of people in a little bit. The other kind are what I would just call well-intentioned people. <laughs> they have really good intentions, you know? And uh, they seem like really nice folks. They, they're, 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 you know, they're, they're, they're believers. They, they love the Lord, but they always have concerns. <laughs> oh, I love that word. It's one of my favorite words. Concerns. We have I a just concern, have, pastor. Pastor, I just have a few concerns, and I would, <laughs> I put those into three categories. The one is just the disgruntled person. Okay. So. Uh, there's a lot of times there's life situations that are going on. Perhaps there's a bad marriage. Uh, quite simply, a lot of times it's just uh, people with young kids uh, and they're just not getting any sleep. They're sleep deprived. Maybe there's an illness, uh, financial situation, but nothing's making them happy. And so therefore there's no way you're going to make them happy. So they, but they're, they're well-intentioned, right? They, they think they have good intentions. So they're, they're coming and they have these concerns, but they're just kind of, and you can, you know, discrawl a person. I'll show you the thing here. So, and you have to look at my face in this. When you talk to them, they kind of go, mm, that's yeah. the face. Yeah. It's this, well, <laughs> yeah, mm, but you're not getting it, right? No, I'm getting it. Uh, you're, you're, and just let me, let me interject. This is a podcast. Most people are listening. However, you can go to the blog and watch yeah. this on YouTube and you want to see Steve's face. Yeah. This you, is something, this is important. You got, if you know this, this is going to save you just <laughs> years of heartache. So. Yeah, it's the it's kind of the uh, it tilted the head a little bit. You're you're scrunching your eyes and it kind of look <laughs> at you like, nah, I don't think you get it, Pastor. Uh, then there's the kind that what I would call are the <clears throat> the nice bulldogs. Hmm. In other words, they have an issue that an issue most likely I agree with. I you know let's take uh, like an addition like are we pro life? Yeah, yes, well, I I vote I yes we're pro life. Um, but what we've decided to do in being pro-life is we are actively involved in some proactive ways with, uh, 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 crisis pregnancy center have been for 25 years, uh, and doing that as opposed to having signs and banners and all this kind of thing. And for some of these nice bulldogs, no matter what you do, it's not enough. And so therefore they've got an issue. And that's how they're filtering everything else. Yes, they preach the gospel. Yes, people are coming to faith. Yes, we see baptisms. Yes, we do this and that and the other thing. But they don't really do enough on this. Mm, and they're just not quite measuring up. Okay? I'm going to even just throw in there the kind of uh, red flags are sometimes homeschooling and immunizations. When that oh. comes to their first question in core values and you hear that, it's like, okay, we can't even have an opinion on that. However, this church is not about driving either of those agendas. Yes. Amen. Uh, amen. So, uh, so those folks are, are there as well. Then the, the, the last group are the one that I would just call the overly cautious. They are, you know, they're, they're always the type that are, no matter what you're trying to do, uh, they are just super cautious on everything. And they're the ones that if you have, if you have multiple of them, and this is my deal, Whenever I have teams of people, I want a cautious person on that team. I always do because somebody's got to be a little bit of the ballast to the balloon, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I, but I don't want two of them. And he, and here's why. Here's why. What happens in a meeting is 
you throw out some crazy idea. You know what? We should buy this skyscraper and see it for the glory of God. And the next person that talks is the cautious person. Well, how will we afford that? <laughs> the next person that talks is the way the conversation's going. Hmm. And, it, and if it's that, cautious, that other cautious person, game over. And the deal on this is, leader, is you can't be the next person that talks because otherwise it's just a ping pong match. Right. When you have those people in the room, you've got to have a dynamic happening and you've got to let the next person talk. And if it's a cautious person, game over. Now, buying a skyscraper is a stupid idea, but the, <laughs> the idea is whenever we're moving out there and if you get too many of these cautious people, and listen, all these people are what I would consider well-intentioned. Every church split that I know has come from well-intentioned people. There's, there's this concern, this thing, and then there's this reaction, and then it falls apart. And so uh, that is the, the, the wolves. The wolves are relatively easy. You just shoot a wolf, <laughs> right? You go wolf hunting. You just get right. rid of them. You expose right. them and you get rid of them. What gets complicated, pastor, leader, church planter, is how you lead and how you shepherd and how you rebuke uh, these well-intentioned people uh, uh, through these things. Okay, so uh, you gave us a little bit of how to um, maybe identify uh, kind of pre-don't-even-have-them-on-your-launch team type of thing. But what happens if you don't recognize this until later. So let's say you're six months in, let's even say you're two, three, four years and someone didn't start out as a wolf or you didn't you know, recognize that or someone maybe didn't start out with all of these concerns or have hidden agendas, but it starts to kind of bubble up. How do you, how do you approach that? Yeah. And I think uh, one of the, 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 in God's wisdom, um, you know, everybody parents uh, children and they don't have any experience at first. Right. And so you learn a ton and um, you, you go along. And so I think it's the same in church planting. You know, those of us who've gone through it many times, we're, we're not the ones planting churches now. It's the, it's the new guy, the new couple. And, and of course, they're not going to see that. I mean, they're not going to have the wisdom on seeing this because wisdom comes from experience and you just don't get it. And so, yes, I promise you, you will have these. Now, even if you do the very best job of filtering everybody out in the beginning, they're still going to come. Yeah. Uh, and especially if your church is new in a community that hasn't had a lot of new churches, believe me, now these people are, right. it's like a magnet for, for a lot of these people. So you are going to have them, no question about it. You are going to have them. And I think this is, there's a, there's a couple things that I would, I would highly, highly recommend. Number one, get around a seasoned pastor or church leader or someone who has experienced this to help you walk these through, whether that's a mentor or a church planting coach or someone who's further down the road than you and can uh, help you to walk through these things because you've never done it before. You have no idea. Uh, like I say, these people, they seem like their hearts are, 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 are good and they have good concerns, but they're, they're actually becoming divisive people. And like, how do you navigate that? So number one, man, it is so important to, um, it is it is so important to get someone around you who has to have wisdom and a coach or that kind of a thing. So lean into that hard. The second thing I would highly recommend is do not 
think that if I just leave this alone, it'll go away. Right. That's the worst mistake you can make because it doesn't just go away. In fact, it actually grows. And and what'll happen there is, is what these, these folks will, they'll come to you with this. Let's say they, let's say they are there. They have a, a semblance of godliness. They will say, I have this concern, but, but I, I know that I shouldn't talk uh, to others, so I'm going to go talk to the pastor. And they talk to you, and you say, oh, man, I, I totally agree with your issue. It's just here's how we're responding, and that's what we're going to do. And they don't like it. Now, it is a rare thing that that person will say, okay, and I'll submit to that. No, they'll think, yeah, you know what? I have the Spirit of God, too, and I think this is a problem. So now they do what is the worst thing, which is called triangulating. In other words, they don't go to you anymore. They go to someone else. And they, and they always stated something like, you know, I really love our church, but... <laughs> and there it starts. It's a little comment at a small group. It's a little comment at a mentoring thing. They're all working out and they'll say, you know, I wish our church did more about Save the Whales or, or whatever, right? And what happens then in triangulation is they start to form these groups, this, this, this thing, where it actually starts to subvert the entire church. In fact, in organizations, uh, if you triangulate in, in business organizations, it's cause for immediate dismissal. Right. Especially in the military, right? So, I mean, you are heavily, if you, you are not allowed to, uh, uh, you know, m- most other groups have... Uh, have a phrase, uh, it, it rhymes with itching. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but, but people mask us in the church yeah. under, I have a concern. I have, right. I have the spiritual gift of discernment and something isn't quite right here. And instead of saying, no, I'm, I, we are to submit to our leaders. And that doesn't mean yes, sir. Yes, sir. But it does mean I brought it to them. They gave me an answer. It's not what I liked, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna move that way. And so I am saying you need to engage this. And if it gets to triangulation, slandering, gossip, or tearing down, now you've got where I would think you'd have a, a Titus 3 situation where it talks about warning that divisive person once. And after that, have nothing to do with them. I mean, what, what I think most church planners don't want to do is that if you have a situation where there's some massive sexual sin or financial impropriety, they deal with it, right? But yeah. they don't deal with triangulation. Gossip, slander, tearing down. They don't deal with that. It's like, well, that's I, you know, they just they're 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 good people. They they love the Lord and they they just have these concerns. It's like, dude, that will destroy your organization. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you how do you uh coach church planters in uh that balance of the wolf hunting um and the shepherding? In other words, uh yes, the the easy ones, the you know, the big, the, the sex, the money, those types of things. Like, man, this is an issue. Lop it off. You're out type of thing. Yeah. Determining so that all of a sudden you're not too scared. You're going around and you're not shooting wolves. You're shooting sheep that just needed a little nudge in the right direction. Or how, how do you do that? Do you, do you start with a small nudge? See if they start going in the right direction. How do you, you know, how, what, what coaching do you give them to be pastoral both firm and yet full of grace. Yeah, that's a great question. I, you know, and you 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 mentioned that uh, we're part of Acts twenty nine. I think in the early days of Acts twenty nine, 
everybody that disagreed with you was a wolf. Yeah. I mean, just shoot them, right? Ask what, right. Uh, which, which by the way, you know that Mark Driscoll's who I actually wanted on this episode. So yeah. you're, you're number two. Yeah, I'll so, live with that. I, Mark's, okay, okay. Mark's a friend. I, all right. All right. Uh, that's, good. that's good. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not, I've never have been a, a Driscoll basher or anything like that. I, I think, I think Mark's great. Uh, was some things he needed to learn and needs to learn. Sure. We all do. Yeah. But, uh, and so like, like you said, in the early days, exactly that was it. That was right? it. You know, so. and I and I think and then a lot of guys uh, uh, kind of imprinted on that. And anybody who disagreed with you for any reason was just a wolf. They were there. to. And I'm like, yeah, wolves come along pretty infrequently. And I think, yeah, that is a one of the tools in your in your tool chest here is the 12 yep. gauge shotgun right. to take <laughs> off the wolf. But man, very infrequently. Um, however, I think some of these well-intentioned people can start good and they can actually get to the point where they're doing as much damage as a wolf. Yeah. Now I, I, I don't, this is my big thing. I don't need to, I don't need to, uh, discern people's spiritual, like, are you Christian or not? I, I don't need to do that. I can easily tell though, you are destroying the church. And I can see that what, if, if you are not living in a sense of, of community and in a sense where of course we're not going to agree on everything. Heck, I don't even agree with myself a year ago on certain things, <laughs> right? But the way that scripture has allowed things to go is that, yeah, there's godly, humble, but firm leadership in the church. And people need to say, yeah, that's not exactly my preference. That's what submission means. Yeah. Submission means yeah. this isn't exactly my preference, but for the sake of the kingdom, for the sake of community, I will lay down preference. By the way, you cannot live in community. You cannot actually love others if you're not constantly laying down preference. I, mm -hmm. Think about being married, right? Uh, the whole idea, Christ, Christ being the example in Ephesians 5, what did he do? He went to the cross. Uh, that wasn't his preference, but he did it because mm -hmm. he loved the, the, the bride of Christ. And so this is what happens in a church situation. It happens even to leaders. Uh, you know this full well, Danny. I mean, yeah. you've had to lay down your own preference at times mm -hmm. for yeah. the sake of the body. So I think when people start to get that and start to realize that uh, uh, they are, you create a culture where that's happening. The other thing you have to do is you have to create a culture where you're working through conflict because people, most people didn't grow up in that situation and didn't go to churches yeah. like that. The way you did conflict was you just blew things up, got to a microphone and started yelling. And so instead right. of saying, hey, no, let's, you know, I don't know, I've got a crazy idea. Maybe let's mm -hmm. do this behind closed doors, <laughs> you know, right. maybe mano a mano or get another person in there where we can just talk and, and start to, but you start to create that culture. Wait, it, so can I say that you should or should not be taking your confrontation onto Facebook and Twitter and everything else. I mean, it, it seems kind of obvious to me. However, I've seen it happen with church plants and churches that people start bringing their gripes, both the pastor and the congregation members. I, I, you know, uh, I don't know how many people uh, actually think they're doing a service when they do that i i yeah. cannot even it is the stupidest yeah. thing yeah it, it it seriously is the stupidest thing if you just follow the pattern of matthew 18 right okay facebook would be like the last thing <laughs> it's like the nuclear bomb option or or right. twitter or instagram or whatever so i mean it i but people like start there yeah. and i just can't even believe it yeah. It's like, are you kidding me? Now, now you've just expanded this instead of where 
The Matthew 18 pattern is a beautiful pattern that basically says, I love you. And all the time, all of us need correction. And so uh, we're in this and we're going to do this in the, in the least damaging situation as possible. But when they go all the way over here to the other extreme. Yeah. So, and I know, I know right now we live in a rage culture, right? Right. Everything's turned up to 11. And, and it is our job. It is our job, I think, as leaders to create a culture where we are going to say, you know what? The rest of the world does that. Jesus said to his disciples when they asked him about who was going to be the greatest, he says, you know, the Gentiles do that. Then he said four words that haunt me. And I love these four words. He said, not so with you. Hey, that's the way the world lives, man. The world lives in a rage culture. You know what? Not so with you. Uh, I'm going to have Democrats and Republicans in my church. Are they going to get along? Yes, they are. Why? Because not so with you. You're going to have civil discussions about the issues and not name-calling, throwing out terms on each other. We're going to start to Now, you start to create that culture, and some of these well-intentioned people in the world start to look at it going, oh, this is not a safe place for me. I, right. <laughs> I have got to scatter. Now, yeah. with all that said, there are going to be times when you're going to need to have the have the you know, the talk where you sit down with someone and say, right now I'm going to list the ways that you've been triangulating and gossiping and causing division and and you are going to cease and desist. You are not going to do this anymore. And if you do, we are going to take it up another level. And so I just think that the church has put up with that way too long and it's not helpful to anyone. So you've got to act on it. That's great. Final question. Uh, when it comes to that point and there needs to be the talk or it co- goes even beyond that, the person needs to leave. It's very, very clear. Anything to kind of minimize the collateral damage? In other words, like, okay, well, this person who left, maybe they even had a leadership position. If not a position, they had influence. How do you, yeah, what, what, what do you tell a church person? Here's some things to do and not do so that you don't also create a church split and lose a bunch of people. Yeah. And, and, you know, in 20, we planted 96, so we're 24 years old now. And and yeah, we've had our fair share of these like everybody. And I think the hard thing about it is as an organization, you have to take the higher road. And uh, uh, to quote a good friend of mine who had been through about four of these in a matter of five years, he said, I'm sick of being the better man. (laughs) Yes, you are, but you need to be the better man. In other words, you're mm-hmm. going to take shots. You're going to get things said about you, maybe publicly or, or privately to others, that is unfair, but you do need to do that. However, with that said, you need to make sure that your leadership, whatever structure you have, you know, your elder team, or in our case, we have executive elders because our elder team is 20 people or something, but I mean, and your key staff, and all, they need to be in the know exactly what's going on. Yeah. Because yeah. what Everyone says, everyone says, yeah, maybe the, they called me out on this. Okay. But I didn't like the process. Uh Everybody Uh says that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, yeah, you need to, you need to make sure that that process is actually documented. Uh, Here's what we did. Here's when we did it. Here's how we did it, you know, as much as possible. And, but no, I'm not going to stand up on a Sunday and share that with everybody. But I can stand up and say, yeah, these things are tough. We had hard conversations. 
Um, they are documented, but they're it's private. It's only for the leadership and the and the we have a, a governance team in our church. It's their responsibility. But yeah, you and, and you know what? Um, it is the thing that keeps me up at night, no doubt about it. It is the thing when I when I think of uh, suffering uh, for the kingdom. The number one thing is dealing with well intentioned people, oftentimes on your staff. Uh, that you've got to you've got to remove, or you've got to let go, or you've got to make a transition, or and they didn't take correction, and it is rough. I mean, it is. So everybody who's listening to this, I'm already praying for you in advance because I awesome. know. Them, but you need to do it. You absolutely need to do it. Awesome. Well, Steve, thank you so much uh, for being a guest. Thank you, everybody who has tuned in. Remember, if you have a question, you can go to churchplantersask.com and you can submit your question there. And until next time, keep asking those questions. See you later.